0: this is a special podcast from Gateway Baptist Church, where we celebrate launching our online campus. You can find more about us at gatewaybaptist.com.au. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. It is an exciting time to be here, eh? It's a great day to launch. It kind of feels odd to be two and a bit years into this and and launching, uh, but it's a great day to celebrate, great day to to celebrate this new chapter in, uh, in in Gateway's history, I wonder if you can give me a show of hands. How many of you guys were online with us that first weekend, the 22nd of March 2020, as we went into Gateway Online? Yeah, a whole bunch of you, a whole bunch of you. If you weren't here with us at that stage, you can uh, see what it was, what it looks like as we launched. Um, that was a, that was a particularly scrambled week. We, uh, we were plugging cables in, we were uh, trying to code all the, the platforms and make everything right. We we're trying to take that message of Jason uh, out uh, beyond the four walls of our campuses into technology, into people's lounge rooms. We we're trying to reach more people than we'd uh, possibly ever had done before. And uh, it wasn't easy. There were challenges. There were challenges in that moment, and there have been challenges almost weekly ever since. It's not easy to do that kind of stuff. We're trying to reach more people. We're trying to uh, develop community online. We're trying to engage in digital mission, digital discipleship, digital evangelism, and it's got it's ups and downs. It's a bit of a roller coaster. But as as there are many challenges in that, there are also many joys, many opportunities. Let me share with you that I, um, I'm i actually praying and walking with a guy in, uh, in New York. His name is Danny. Danny is uh, homeless. He is living rough on the streets of New York. He's been that way uh, for 30 years. He's been on the streets. Uh, and I get to walk with Danny and I get to pray with him. I, I email him regularly and uh, catch up with him. We pray together and we just walk that line of helping him to see God in the moments where it feels tough. There's another guy called Elias. Uh, Now, Elias is in uh, Mexico, but he doesn't really want to live in Mexico because his wife and his kids are in the U.S. He hasn't seen them for a long time because he got deported from the U.S. And so Elias is searching for God, he's crying out to God, where are you in my circumstance, in my life, in my situation? He is asking God to reveal himself and to make a way. And I just get to walk that journey with Elias and pray with him and remind him of who Jesus is when he has those times of doubt. And uh, guys, if you're watching today, if you're tuning in, I just want to say hi and hope you're doing well. But it is, it's a roller coaster. I hope you join me in praying for these guys, praying for the many people that are represented by those two names, the many different stories, because I believe as we're sitting around the campfire in heaven, we're going to be hearing stories of how lives were changed by online ministry, by the way that we're seeking people and helping to see Jesus. I really believe that. We just heard the... um, the story of Graham and Mel before that was uh, it was really cool. They are faithful, generous, kind volunteers. They give up so much of their time because they have a passion to reach people online. They know how effective it is because they've seen their community just seeing a little bit of that transformation already. And it's been great to do that journey with them. But what I'd like to suggest to you today is that you have a role to play, you have a part to play in online mission, in online discipleship, in online church. You know, whether you think that you're a full digital native and you're checking your phone 344 times a day, whether you're logging into Facebook 14 times a day, watching 45 minutes of YouTube or 1.2 hours of Netflix as the average person does every single day, or whether you feel like you've been dragged into this online world, kicking and screaming, not really knowing what it's about and probably a little hesitant because you're just scared of what it could look like, online matters to you. And how do I know that online matters to you? Because that's where your family are. Online matters because people matter. That's where your neighbours are. That's where your co-workers are hanging out. Online matters is because people are hanging out online. You want your nephew to find a message of hope. You want your grandson to find a a message that isn't just uh, telling him what he should be uh, in in the world's view, but in God's view. You want your sister to find a place where she can answer questions, she can have questions answered uh, in a safe and reliable environment. You want to have an ability to invite your friends in a moment to to discuss and to see what Jesus is like because you can hand them an app or a or a, a website or point them to scripture, invite them to church in an instant. That's what you want. And online matters because people matter, and online is where people are. And we all know that we live in a broken world, and technology is broken. But I believe with all of my heart that there is a hope for technology. There is a hope for technology and it can be one of our greatest tools in reaching people for Jesus. And I want to unpack today this idea of redemption and revival in the realm of technology. Redemption and revival in technology because there is a redemptive purpose for technology and for how it reaches people and that redemption... That redemption leads to revival in people. It leads to revival in families. And it leads to revival in nations. And uh, I just want to establish first up that whatever you think of the internet, whatever you think of technology, whatever your experience of it has been, that technology, the digital world, is created by God and for his glory. And some of you have just sat there and gone, "Ooh, I'm not sure that's right." Technology is kind of it's kind of not it's bad, it's it's not good, it's evil maybe. But I would argue that it is because scripture tells us that all things are created by God. And I just want to unpack a couple of scriptures uh, this morning that say uh, that will help us to recognize that firstly from first Colossians one verse sixteen for in him all things let 's say together all things all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him romans eleven thirty six for from him and through him and for him are all things to him be the glory forever amen John 1 verse 3 says through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made Scripture tells us that God is the creator and whilst we don't see the iPhone in Genesis chapter 1 he is the creator We look at the stars, we look at the rivers, we look at the rainforest, he's the creator. Let's look at the genetic makeup of each individual person, the uniqueness of a fingerprint. He is the creator. Let's look at the difference between an ant and an elephant, a swordfish or a clownfish. He is the creator. And he is creative, and the wonderful thing about God in his kindness is that he actually allows us to discover the things that he's already created. He allows us to partner with him in that journey of creation. He's created us with a creative ability to create things like art and film and literature, music, and yes, technology. And that technology is created by created minerals and and materials that he has created. He is the creator God. And just, however, just like the creation story in Genesis, evil, selfish desires, and the pursuit of personal pleasure has corrupted that creation. And it's taken it from a holy thing to a whole other thing. And one example that we see of this is uh, in one of the first great technological advances of the human age. And in around uh, 1440, there was a goldsmith by the name of Johann Gutenberg, and he created and invented the printing press. And that printing press was an advancement, a huge advancement in technological uh, steps. And because of that step, we see the Bible taken out to the people. So it was no longer controlled by one person. It wasn't just dispensed by a priest or a church. But everybody could have access to a Bible. And the Bible has gone on to print over 5 billion copies. 5 billion copies. However, we see that the printing press has also made it possible to print copies of Playboy and Fifty Shades of Grey and instruction manuals for weapons of war that kill people, and books like The Secret Language of Cats. (laughs) These are all less than holy examples, right? Less than holy examples of the same technology that God used to take his gospel to all continents and reach people in his name. And we have to ask ourselves is the invention evil or is the way that the world has appropriated it evil? And I would argue and I think that we can see that since God is holy and he is incapable of creating things that are evil, we must conclude it's the world's use of technology that is the wicked side of this invention. And the world has produced book after book after book of hate filled literature that is not the message of love and grace and of hope that the Bible teaches. Even when we recognize the incredible accomplishments of printing the Bible, commentaries, and Jesus the bloke, we, almost, we also have to hold in tension the fact that the world took an invention that God has used to impact billions of people and abuse it to appeal. To selfish desires, but we move forward 550 years in the advancement of technology, and the internet and apps made it possible for almost everybody to hold the Bible in their hands at all times. Through apps like Uversion, which has been downloaded 500 million times since it was launched less than 10 years ago, but you don't have to think too hard. You don't have to think too hard to realise the negative impacts of that same technology that brings the Bible to our back pockets. You think about the abuse that people are confronted with every day, the hate-filled speech, the violence, the pornography, the invitations to adultery. The good creation is no longer the way that God intended it. And I just want to ask you right now, this is not a rhetorical question, I want to ask you to put it in the chat if you're online, can you name the most visited sites on the internet? What do you think are the most visited sites on the internet? Shout them out. Google, Facebook, Instagram, what else? TikTok, YouTube, that's right, they are. Did you know according to data for SEMrush which is a traffic uh, analysis tool as of May 2021 Porn sites re- received more traffic in the US alone than Twitter, than Instagram, Netflix, Pinterest and LinkedIn combined. How does that make you feel? You know, according to porn accountability software, Covenant Eyes, 28,258 people are viewing pornography online every second. That means by the time that I finish this sentence and we talk about this point, 500 million people, 500 million people will have accessed pornography. So that's 500,000 people. But how does that make you feel? In 16 seconds, 500,000 people are accessing pornography. Did you know that 30% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse? And when people in the US were surveyed, 6% of them said that when they had suicidal thoughts, they could trace that back to social media. That number doubles if you go to Britain. That's 13%. How does that make you feel? Does your heart ache when you hear this stuff? Are you burdened by that? Because I know that God is. God's heart breaks for this. And if all of that makes you feel depressed about the state of the internet and the place the digital world is, you are not alone. You're not alone. There is so much trash online, but that's not a reason to cast it aside or to write it off. And I would argue that's because we don't see Jesus do that. When he came to earth and he was confronted by a world that was broken and a world that was not as he had intended it when he breathed creation on it, he still walked in it. And he still pursued the people who were lost, who were downcast, who were broken, the ones that were written off by society, said, You're not worth it. You can't be in where we are. He pursued those people. He hung out with those people. He had dinner with those people. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And I think that's our opportunity. That's our opportunity. See, God the Father saw the brokenness of this world and his heart broke with it. And he sent his son Jesus to rebuild and to reshape and to reconcile that broken world. That's the ultimate redemption. Christ on a cross, laying down his life for the forgiveness of sin that's the ultimate redemption. It's bringing people's, God, God's people back to the way that he had always intended it to be. But there are other examples of redemption in the Bible, and I think they might apply just as well to the, this idea of redeeming technology. And I want to invite you this morning to open up to Nehemiah chapter 2. You can do that on your device, or you can do that on your Bible if you bought it. You'll see it on the screen Uh, on Gateway Online. It's also going to be on the screen here in the room. We essentially find here uh, with Nehemiah, it's a journal entry, it's a diary entry, you've got to read it that way. It's it's Nehemiah in a moment of history writing down what happened. And so we pick it up in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, "...in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I, Nehemiah, took the wine and gave it to the king." I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can't be anything but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah, and may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me some timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple, and for the city wall, and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. And when Sambalite the Honorite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that somebody had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites." So Nehemiah, he's got this big prayer and he's got this big vision to see the city and the temple redeemed, restored, brought back to the way that God had intended it, the way that God had originally planned for it to be. And we also have a big plan and a big vision to see technology redeemed back to the way that God had intended it for his glory. And for revival in our nations. You know, we can read later on in chapter 4, verse 2, that people didn't agree with him. People didn't say, Yeah, let's go, Nehemiah, let's do this together. There was actually a lot of obstruction for Nehemiah. It says here, this is what people were saying about him. What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can rebuild the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? See, people were mocking him. They knew that this wall, that the, the gates, they were burned, they were smashed, they were knocked down, they were irreparable But Nehemiah knew his God. Nehemiah knew that there was this holy discontent inside of him, this this passion that said, This is not right. This is the thing that I have to fix. This is the thing that God has placed on my heart to see revival and redemption to his people, to see safety for the people that are behind those walls. Nehemiah had that burden. And I guess the question for us today is that do we have that burden? Do we have that burden to see people who are walking inside the city of technology online through the digital world to say, we want you to see redemption. We want you to be safe. We want you to see revival in your hearts. Are we going to join with that? Because I know that's God's plan. I know that God's plan is to see technology come back for His purpose. Nehemiah heard the words of God to go. And we have those same words today. I want to invite you to pick up your Bibles again in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. It says, Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now that passage of scripture is often what we call the Great Commission, It's the motivation that Jesus said, it should wake you up as you partner with me each and every day. This is the thing that should push us and spur us on in our daily life. And as we look at Jesus' life, we notice that as he did that, As he models that, as he is the example of that, he did that in stories and in the context of the language of the people he was with. And our challenge today, as we take up the Great Commission daily, is to ask ourselves, what can I do to reach them? See, Jesus went to the the festivals and the meeting places where people were. What are we doing to do that? Are we going to the places where Jesus is in the most need to be heard? Are we going to the people who are broken and lost and in need of healing and hope and sharing the message of Jesus? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do to take this message of hope to the hopeless, this message of healing to those in need of healing. What can I do? Well, I can tell you what you can do really, really, really simply. Get out your phone right now. Pick it up, get it out of your purse, get it out of your bag, pick it up from the pew in front of you, grab it off your table if you're online. Pick it up. Honestly, pick it up, get it up now. And I want you to grab your phone, open up your Facebook or your Instagram, whatever your social media Uh, choice is wherever you're hanging out and I just want you to scroll through your friends list and if you don't know how to find your friends list I'm sure somebody around you will help you find that out scroll through your friends list and as you're doing that just pick one person pick one person who doesn't know Jesus pick one person who has had a rough time recently pick a person who needs to know some hope today Ask the the Holy Spirit to be prompting you. Pick a person. And then the easiest way you can right now, without any cost to you, to reach that person is just reach out to them. Maybe you want to share a scripture with them. And if you don't have the Bible on your phone already, you can scan the QR code in the pews in front of you, or you can click the link online and download the Bible. It's in multiple translations, hundreds of languages. You can quickly click on a verse and share that. It'll even give you a nice little picture to go with it, to make it beautiful for that person to receive. It doesn't cost you anything. Give them a word of encouragement. Give them a word of hope. Help them to lift their eyes out of their situation and even if they don't know God yet, to point their eyes up to it, Just ask God to be at work as you're scrolling through. You might have multiple people you want to bless today. I encourage you, to keep going. Bless as many friends as you've got on there. Simple way. You can do this every day. doesn't cost you anything. Simple way to bless people, simple way to bring hope, simple way to invite people to read scripture, simple way to help people know God. And as you're doing that, maybe you're here today, maybe you're online, and you recognize that the walls that need rebuilding today are actually your own heart. The walls of your heart are broken they're in need of rebuilding, they're in need of restoration, you are in need of reviving. Maybe that's you, maybe you've seen the other side of technology, the corrupt side of technology, maybe you're spending time there and you're going, I'm searching for meaning, I'm searching for something to fill this void and my heart still feels hollow, it still feels disconnected, there's something missing. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here. Jesus is the, the void. Jesus is what fills that void. Jesus is what brings hope. Jesus is who brings healing. And I'll encourage you today, as every eye is just closed across this auditorium, If that's you today and you want to receive Jesus, you want to accept the hope that He has, the forgiveness of sins, if you want to step into that day today, I'm going to invite you just right now to lift up your hand. Just raise your hand. If you're online, you can click the moment in the chat just to say, I commit my life to Jesus. I want to make Him my Lord and Saviour. And as we do that, we're just going to pray for you, pray with you. And we're going to celebrate that fact. And so, God, just as we stand here today and people's hearts are positioned and postured towards you, people are crying out for you. God, we thank you that you are the God who redeems and revives. God, I thank you that you are at work here. God, I pray for the people who today are putting their trust in you, and I pray that you would help them to know you even more. That as they take on the acceptance of Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, and they receive that forgiveness of sin, God, I pray that they would know you every day as the healer, every day as the Redeemer, every day as the one who has given them salvation and is working in their lives. God, I pray for people online right now. I pray for people online right now as they sit in their lounge rooms or in their bedrooms, maybe they're in their cars or in a park. God, I pray that you would be speaking to them because God we know that you are the God who is outside of time you're outside of location and you're working across this world and Jesus as we raise our hands to you and we accept you as Lord and Saviour God remind us of the hope that we have in you You have our lives, you have all of us and we worship you today. Amen. Hey, why don't we celebrate that today as people take that step of faith, receiving Jesus. He is the ultimate act of redemption, complete redemption. I'm gonna invite you to stand in today. Our response today is simple. So we're about to sing a song that says, God, you are the God of revival, and He is. He is the God of revival. But He's actually asking us to partner with Him and to take His message and His gospel across the globe to the people who are in need. They're the people that standing next to you, living next to you, and across the other side of the world. And so as we sing, God, you are the God of revival, pour it out. There is a part for us to play in that. There is a role for us to play in that. And maybe the thing you need to ask God today is, God, what do I need to do to reach those people? What do I need to do to reach out across the street, across the world? What do I need to do? And I reckon God's going to speak to you. I reckon God's gonna place a name on your heart for somebody you can reach out to today. Because that's how he works, he's so kind. And so as we sing this song, as we worship him, have your heart towards him, ask him what he's saying. Let's worship.
1: We've seen what you can do, our oh God of one your power has no end the things you've done before In greater measure You will do again Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through No mountain you can't move All things are possible There's no broken
0: today as we gather as a group of people just hungry to see you move throughout our world, God, I pray that you would stir our hearts for the one and the many. Stir our hearts for the people that we live with, the people that we work with, the people that we hang out with on the weekends, God. Stir our hearts for people because we know that you want to reach more. God, I pray that you would give us boldness, give us courage, give us faith to step out in the moments when we know that you're at work and we hear your Holy Spirit say talk, hear your Holy Spirit say speak and we hear your Holy Spirit say type this message, God, I pray that you would give us that courage. I pray that we would step out in faith in that moment to see you at work, to see you bring revival, to see you bring redemption to technology and to to people, to lives, to families and to nations. God, we stand here humbly, humbly asking that you would use us. God, that our hearts would be postured to you. God, we thank you for the way that you are already at work and we lift you up. We lift you up. We declare that you are the God. You are the Lord of the lords. You are the one worthy of worship. You are the one who is here You are the one that we glorify. You are the one at work. Let's lift him up. Let's worship him today. Come
1: awaken your people. Come awaken this city. Oh God, our revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground.
2: Finish this morning, just uh, asking God for miracles. Maybe maybe you're here today and you need a miracle of healing, maybe you need a miracle of provision. Maybe you got someone in your family, like Mark's been talking about, that's just wandered a long way from God, and it breaks your heart. And you need a miraculous breakthrough as you share your faith, as you share that scripture verse. You just know it is not by might, it is not by strength, it's not by your power, but it's by the almighty power of God just breaking through. I just really believe there's just some faith for miracles in this room. Come on, right now, you just say, I want someone to pray for a miracle in my family, a miracle in my body, a miracle in, uh, as I share my faith. Just, just come out right now. We're going to get some people to gather around you. We're just going to come and pray. Come on. It's just start to come. I know there's a bunch of you just need to just come out here today and just say, God, would you come and do what only you can do? God, all things are possible with you. Go on, don't, don't take time, just just come. Now just put your arms out, ready to receive. Uh, we got some of our prayer team and pastoral team down here, just start to go and pray for them. If you know someone down here, come on, just come and stand with them. It's a chance for all of us to come and to pray. Come on, come on, just come and pray. Come on, if you, if you believe in Jesus, you can believe that God can do miracles today, you, you believe in the power of prayer, just come and stand with someone. I'm going to pray for everybody, but uh, I want someone to be standing with everyone too. Prayer team, just go and start to pray for people. Father, thank you. Thank you that you... You are the God of revival, you you are the same God who spoke to Nehemiah thousands of years ago and you put a burden in his heart to see a city rebuilt when everybody said it wasn't possible, when everybody said it couldn't happen, God, you put a burden in his heart and you made it happen against everything that looks humanly possible you made it happen you're the god who parts raging seas you you are the god who brings life when it looks like everything is in ashes you're a god who restores you're the god who redeems you're the god who rebuilds you're the god who reconciles you are the god who heals and god today we ask that you would pour out your healing power God, would you pour out your healing power into bodies? God, we ask for healing in the name of Jesus. God, that you would make right what is broken right now. You would bring about what doctors haven't been able to heal. And God, you would stretch out your hand from heaven. And God, you would bring healing in Jesus' name cancers would disappear, barren worms would become fertile, limbs would be straightened, back pain would be just lifted, that burden would be lifted out of that body and healing would come in Jesus' name. God, would you heal broken families? Where there's brokenness in relationships, God, we ask for Your healing power today to come and to bring reconciliation, to bring forgiveness. To where, where there's bitterness, God, God, would Your would Your forgiveness flow and bring healing in Jesus' name for prodigals that have stayed a long way from home as a word of faith is given to them god that you would break through into hard hearts you would heal broken hearts and god you would bring people into your family and bring salvation in Jesus name just begin just continue to pray for whoever you're standing with today begin to pray continue to pray God's word of healing God's word of salvation over them Come on, just just as we finish today, just, just sing that simple prayer. God, come, come awaken your people. Come awaken this city. God, bring revival. Just sing it over a school. Come awaken
1: your people. Come awaken the city. strong, will come, I hear the chains hit the ground.
2: See you next week.
0: We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.